Before I get into the episode, I have to tell you about Making Marketing. It's a weekly conversation with people who are at the front line of innovation and marketing, be it data, brand safety, transparency, relationship with platforms, or emerging markets like cannabis. Some of our recent guests include David Dancer of MedMen, Drogafi's Neil Heyman, and Vimla Bak Gupta of Equinox. Tune in on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Anchor.fm, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sangal. We held a one-day event in Los Angeles, California, around the future of entertainment. This session is with Paula Kaplan, who is the head of talent at Viacom. She talks about the ins and outs of working with digital talent today. Listen in. Viacom Digital Studios just announced a deal, was it two weeks ago? New yes, Friends right West at the New, at the New Friends. Annie LeBlanc, who, yep. she's how old? She, Annie is 14 years 14 old. 14 year olds. Annie started, um, actually started doing uh, YouTube videos. Her parents started posting videos of her doing gymnastics. Um, which then that took off. And then her family also at the same time started posting videos of their family engaging um, as the Britailles. And they've now um, you know, developed a huge, huge audience. And now they have an overall deal at Nickelodeon. Um, Annie has an overall deal. Annie, at Annie has it. Yeah. And Annie, and the, you know, the reason for that is Annie was very interesting to us because she um, works, you know, she's a singer, she's you know, done YouTube, created YouTube content. She um, is, um, an, has been acting. She's been spending a lot of time doing content, creating content for Brat, and we felt that it would be a great marriage between somebody like her and um, you know, the Nickelodeon digital, digital channel. But once we started talking about her to create this digital deal, the linear TV side um, heard, of, heard of what we were doing, and they thought that she could be a great asset to them as well, so we were able to make a, big, a bigger, richer deal with her. So what does an overall deal look like for someone like Annie, and how does it compare with an overall deal, like a more, an overall deal with more traditional talent? Um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a very similar thing, it's just with Nickelodeon, you know, it's just okay. with Nickelodeon, but she's, um, you know, she'll be starring in digital content that'll be um, created with, you know, and developed with her her in mind. She'll be um, showing up at a lot of the Nickelodeon events, at, at their Slime Fest event. She'll show up at any sort of marketing event that they may want her to be in. And then the plan is, is to put her in a, a TV made-for-TV movie, as well as to have her star, um, guest star in, on a linear television show. So, you know, the hope is, is that we're developing her on both the, you know, helping contribute to her development both on the digital side and on the linear side as well. Okay and bringing her audience, obviously, and bringing her audience with her. Right, and so, so Viacom Digital Studios now owns Awesome Miss TV, so there's a lot of digital talent that you work with. Are you seeing a trend where a lot of these creators are wanting deals like what Annie just did? I think a lot of them are intrigued by it. I think, you know, they all, um, want to be multi-hyphenate, you know, they don't want to just work in the digital space. And being able to, you know, with a at a company like Viacom, which has all different kinds of assets and all different kinds of brands, I think we have become an attractive place for them to show up at our events and, you know, create content at our events, to be in our, you know, in unscripted series, to be in scripted series, to be in feature films at Paramount. So it's an interesting dynamic where we can sort of develop the talent all the way through. 
And you know, the beauty is, is that we start with Nick Jr. at two years old, and we go all the way through to, you know, up to TV Land, when, right. you're, when you're surely getting up there. Yeah. Although TV Land has younger, right? Sure, TV, yes, okay. TV Land has so, younger, so they've actually, you know, so it's a, it's a mixed bag yeah, there. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out where yep. shows are living these days. Um, and, you know, with, so someone like in Annie, and creators kind of as a whole, you use the term multi-hyphenate. That seems like how a lot of them think of themselves is, I'm not just in front of the camera talent, I'm behind the camera talent, I'm doing all these other things and building a business around me. Is that something that you're also seeing reflected when you're talking to people who would be deemed more traditional talent, that they're looking at these digital talents as something of a new model that they can adopt themselves? That they, yes. That they can adopt. Yeah. Yes, exactly, and by the way, and you're seeing a lot of traditional talent, people like Will Smith, for example, yep. who has started a huge digital company and. I think he's more focused right now on his digital content jumping out of hey, uh, bungee jumping. He calls himself a YouTube star. Yes, he is. Well, his channel has really, it's really huge. grown. Yep. And look at someone like Reese Witherspoon. So a lot of the traditional talent is actually seeing, um, you know, have you know, being able to play in the digital space as well. They're creating content, building an audience there, as well. Right. And and with the digital talent, like a lot of them come up on YouTube, and so they have their YouTube channel, they have their YouTube videos, and they very much think of themselves as the owner of the content that they're putting out. Mm -hmm. Does that color into the conversations that you then have when it comes to making something with them for a Nickelodeon, for example? Yeah, and I, well, yes. Well, I think all of them see themselves as brands, mm -hmm. right? Because they're, they've created a YouTube channel, they're, and they're putting their content on YouTube or Snapchat or Instagram, most Facebook, all of the above. So they've created a real, they've created a brand for themselves. They're very focused on the kind of content that they will put on, with well, the kind of content that they'll be involved in, and the kind of content that they won't do. I mean, I've had many experiences with talent where they've said, you know, that's really not on, on brand for me. And so they're very, and they get the feedback from their fans immediately, which is very different than when you create a show for Nickelodeon or MTV or somewhere like that. Um, but they're. The thing I think that they come to us, they like, it's just that again, it's a different, they, are, they can, I think, move a little bit off brand when it's not their own channels. So they could actually potentially be a little edgier on an MTV than they might be able to be, uh, you know, they're able to move the needle a little bit. And I think they're also seeing that they can attract a different audience as well. Interesting. And how much are you looking at their audience and the opportunities to, then look at your audience at Viacom Digital Studios and Viacom at large in identifying the opportunities for them to reach a new audience, a different audience than they may have on YouTube or Instagram. Um, well, I, you know, in, when we're looking at talent for each of the brands, and you know, Viacom Digital Studios has five brands. So the brands are Nickelodeon, MTV, Comedy Central, BET, and now Awesomeness. And so we're looking for talent that will fit into, you know, that fits either age or content-wise, um, each of the sensibilities of each of those brands. So MTV, for example, is has started to become very noisy. MTV launched the Jersey Shore yep. channel, um, so all of the Jersey Shore, con you know, uh, content and the Jersey Shore talent is now creating content for YouTube for yep. Jersey Shore. That's really noisy. Same thing with Wild and Out. That's really noisy. So we're looking for noisy. If, you know, when you think of just sort of people that are pushing the envelope a little for MTV, that's the kind of talent that would fit um, on MTV. For Comedy Central, it's obviously co comedians that have a point of view. 
um, and comedians that, you know, not political, they're not controversial, but they're just comedians that sort of have a point of view. So we're looking, those are the kind of people that we want to fit into each of the brands. Got it. And with the, the digital talent, especially those that have been on YouTube for a while, they've gotten pretty big and therefore they've gotten the attention of the Hollywood talent agencies, mm -hmm. talent managers. They, it's not just a single creator anymore, they have an entire team. How does that factor into the conversations then that you have with them? I mean, that's not a. It's great because yeah. uh, you know they're they're being helped and guided, and these and a lot of the obviously the traditional talent agencies know the marketplace, right. so that's amazing. Um, you know, it's always fun to discover somebody that's off the grid. So, you know, we're looking everywhere. Agents are you know sending talent our way, but we're also looking. You know, my teams are scouring YouTube all day long, scouring Facebook all day long to find sort of those smaller creators that are. We can hope that we can sort of you know, help build them as they're smaller and coming up. And what's the strategy then for helping to build them? Because someone like an Annie. She's seem, built. Yeah, she <laughs> seems like the appeal there is, this is someone who has an audience, we have an audience too, let's combine our audiences <laughs> in a way. Someone who's smaller, it feels like the roadmap would be a bit, there are more steps along the way. Right, and so we're, we would try to put them in a number of different shows, either as a guest or, and again, as we see sort of how the audience responds to them. Or in the case of Comedy Central, for example, there, that Comedy Central will develop with talent all different kinds of things. They'll develop a one-off comedy sketch just to see how a smaller comedian does, and they'll put that sketch up on YouTube or, you know, or Facebook, and they'll just see how the audience reacts to it before they decide whether to move forward. If the audience does, then they may move on to a smaller series or a bigger series, and then potentially on the, you know, crossing them over. Okay. I mean, like, yes, I think, you know, everybody knows that's how the Broad City Girls got started. Right. They were literally putting videos up on YouTube and right. Comedy Central found them, so. Yeah, and how different is any of this really to kind of the old model of someone's walking in a mall and they get discovered and the, they become the next big thing. Now it just, the mall is somewhere on the internet. Where everyone can see, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I think it's very, very, I mean, again, it's very similar. Discovery of anything is very, you know, is very similar. Um, I think that the difference is, is that, um, you know, back in whenever, when everyone else has been discovered, a lot of the talent was playing a character. And they were, they, um, you know, the cast of, you know, Friends or Riverdale, whatever, they're playing characters. Um, they're not playing themselves. And what's happening with digital talent is they actually are being themselves. And they're, being, they're, they're speaking their truths and they're talking to their audience and that's why their audiences love them. And I think the people, that the audiences are falling in love with the, with the person versus the character that they play. So it is a little bit different. And, you know, and they're used to, you know, we've had some experience in trying to have um, digital creators in, you know, in acting roles. And it does take a moment for them. They're very used to looking, talking straight to the camera. They're very used to getting immediate feedback. They're very used to being able to edit however they want to edit. So it is a little bit different for them to all of a sudden play this character where there's a director that's not themselves. Mm. They're being, you know, they have to figure out what the backstory is of a character and that sort of thing. So it has, that does take a, a moment. For okay. Them. So but do you all, need to bring in like more acting coaches than you would with coaches someone Coaches or they up? just, you know, again, it's rehearsals. You'll start them with smaller roles, but you know, we've had great success. I mean, at Awesomeness, we had great success with people like Kian Lolly and that sort of thing and trying to, and then he got nominated for an Emmy. Right, okay. Uh, so the creators, they have their audiences, but they also have increasingly a lot of brand deals, brands that they work with. 
And then you know, they do a deal with Viacom Digital Studios or specifically Nickelodeon for a show where there's going to be either brands involved, you know, integrated into the show or advertising against the show. Do the creators then say, hey, I have these brands that I work with, I want them involved, or I have these brands that I work with, I don't want their competitors involved? And do you, how do you receive that? I think we have to, you know, obviously a lot of, just like an actor or an actress would come with, you know, being the spokesperson for Nike or being the spokesperson, and we would have to carve that out. Um, I think the same thing is true sometimes, you know, we're flexible, we want to, we don't want, you know, obviously we want to work with these people, we want them to be able to still work with the brands that they love, but, you know, we are in a business of working with brands and advertising and all the rest of that, so we have to sort of find the magic fit, but we are willing to, you know, create, you know, create scenarios so that every, that the brand, either we won't work with certain brands on a certain project or we will, um, figure out how to not at least work with their competitors. Got it. And I imagine you know the brands that a creator might appeal to, or you know has been proven to appeal to because they work with that creator. That's not a huge priority when you're determining whether to do a deal with that creator. But does it factor in at all? Do you do you see like oh this creator could bring we're a business. This creator could sure. help our business because sure. we don't have that brand. Yeah, sure. Any, I mean, brand affiliation obviously in a the media business. You know, you're all, uh, we're always interested in the brands that people attract. You know, people attract and that they could potentially bring. But we have our own sales division right. that you know can also do that as well. So it's that is that is an ad, an additive. It's not a something that you know. It's always like a plus, but it's not something that. Is, makes a, would make, be determined on a final decision. Okay. And is it something where like, you announce a deal with Annie, sales team goes, checks out her channel, sees who they worked with, and then they try to get a meeting with her to figure out how they can pitch those brands? Um, sure. Yeah. That sounds good. Okay. Uh, but does it? Yes. Not, yes. Not I mean, I think again, I, I, uh, we didn't really talk to the sales department in, in all of that, but I think that you know they they do uh, talent that do, has had a long history of working with brands is something that is attractive to our sales department too because they want obviously that's something that's important to them too as they're selling content they want to make sure that we are we're creating content that's brand friendly and that has opportunities for sales. Got it. And then we have a lot of creators who. You know, consider them CEO, consider themselves CEOs. They have these big businesses, and, and largely those end up being media businesses. They're talent or you know behind the camera talent that are you know making videos, making entertainment. But there's also creators who use their fame and their opportunity to then, oh, I want to have a makeup line, I want to have a jewelry line because that's a passion. Mm -hmm. Do those, if a creator has those businesses, do those factor into these deals? Do you like consider that? And we consider that and sometimes, again, because Viacom has a big consumer products business mm. and sometimes some of the talent might be potential, you know, the consumer products team may want to partner with the talent to create a makeup line or to create a toy line or something like that. So it's not a, it's some, you know, it's an opportunity after we have started working with talent. I mean, and then there are those talent deals like Nickelodeon made a deal um, with Jojo Siwa and mm. that's a pretty big deal where they're making, you know, she's her, to her the hair bows that she's selling and the toys that she's selling and the clothing is, Walmart is very excited about that and she's got a music career and all the rest of that. So um, again, we just depends on the, on the talent. I think, you know, for Nickelodeon, I think the opportunity is to find talent like JoJo when she's younger and not as large and try to develop her and develop product, develop content, develop digital develop music, anything, you know, to be able to have sort of this 360 relationship with her. Got it. Are there any particular challenges when it comes to 
working with digital talent, not necessarily working with digital talent, but in terms of what they want and your ability or willingness to provide that? Um, you know, in any creative relationship, there's, you know, but I think, you know, we've been able to work, work, you know, a lot of, the way we have always worked, at least at Awesomeness and now again at Viacom, the way we have, you know, been trying to work with digital talent is to bring them in and what do you want to do? Talk about, tell us what you want to do. What are your ideas? We've got an infrastructure of producers and writers and we can actually help you bring your ideas to fruition. Um, so most of the time it is in a great partnership. Um, and you know, and that's how then we would go ahead and start working with the talent. So it's usually it's it's usually that we do it together, and it's usually that you know we come we develop projects together, and let them be in front of the camera, behind the camera, writing. You know, a lot of one of, we're making a deal with Comedy Central right now, and the digital talent, um, the he's going to be the actor, the producer, and the writer. So he's going to do it all. Okay, and is that something where you're more comfortable doing that because? based on whatever he had done. Because we've already seen it's the proven. kind of content, yeah. Got it, okay. We're just about out of time, so I will cut it there, because if I ask you another question, I'm sure I'll try to make this run over. I want to be mindful of everyone who's trying to get to drinks or just home. Um, Paul, right, you're done, you. right? <laughs> thank you very <laughs> thank much. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. I'm Aditi Sangal. Did you like the show? Rate us and leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you get this podcast. We're also on Spotify now. You can also write to me or tweet at me. I'm at Aditi Sangal or Aditi at I'll be back soon with another episode. Stay tuned.